everyone, it's Alan Schimmel, and it's time for another DevOps Chat. Today's DevOps Chat guest is Jay Chappell, CEO and co-founder of Park My Cloud. Hey, Jay, welcome to DevOps Chat. Hey, Alan, how's it going, and thanks for having us. Oh, thanks for having, thanks for being here, Jay. So, Jay, I, I invited you on because I, I wanted to talk specifically about a, a problem that, you know, I first encountered... I'm going to guess seven, eight, nine years ago or more. And, you know, I called it cloud sprawl, which is, you know, the nice thing about Amazon and AWS is it made it so easy to spin up new instances and and add new storage and and what have you. The not so nice thing about AWS and those kinds of things is it made it so easy to, to spin up new instances and storage and those kinds of things. So it was, uh, it's come to the point, Jay, where I know many, many companies really have little control and even less insight into what they're actually spending on and what they actually have in terms of assets in the cloud. Um, you know, and for anyone who's gotten a, an AWS bill, you know, or tried to go through an AWS bill, you know, my, my AT&T wireless bill is probably easier to understand if you can believe that. So um, it, it's a real problem. Jay, I, I would imagine this is something that you guys are helping companies with an awful lot. And, and that's the crux of it. Yeah, that's correct. I think there's three problems we primarily see with customers that relates to um, Amazon, Azure, Google, and or even multi-cloud. Um, one of them, obviously, is what you just brought up, sort of cost visibility. Um, a second, though, is once you get the visibility, is r- around control. So uh, I, I get I get a good view of what I have. Um, how do I control those costs using things like reserved instances or turning things off and on? And then the third thing is really automating that as part of your uh, you know DevOps process. So how do yeah. I automate that as part of you know how I spin things up in the cloud, spin things down, and, and really make that integrated into my um, infrastructure. So, and hand in hand with automation, you know, we, we, we tend to think once stuff is automated, we can reduce the cost of it. But we really can with automation and on-off stuff. Um, you know, Jay, and, and um, we'll, we'll, we can talk later perhaps on another DevOps chat. We can get into the kind of technical details of, of how this all works. But I wanted to focus our conversation today really at the business owner or the business stakeholder, if you will, who is tasked with, you know, keeping a a cloud budget on budget or under budget, who is tasked with making sure that there's enough resources to do, you know, what needs to be done, but not, they don't have excess resources, you know, who really is, I mean, this is a major problem for them. If without naming names, Jay, can you give me some, uh, war stories, if you will, of, you know, kind of the worst messes you've seen some companies get into before they came over to Park My Cloud. Yeah. So, I mean, to your point around the business owner. um, So we just talked to a large uh, company yesterday that's moved into AWS and they actually had a team of people on the phone with us. I think there were five or six of them and they all had uh, cost management or um, cloud reporting or some kind of financial control in their title, um, even though they were technical people. 
So people are, companies are putting people sort of in charge of this problem and spending money to help manage and reduce money. But so that's a really large company with lots of resources. But then for, I would say, companies like Born in the Cloud, like whatever fintechs or healthcare or social media or ad companies that have been built over the last five or 10 years and all their infrastructure is in the cloud, they really put that responsibility more on sort of the DevOps person. So it's kind of interesting as even though they're technical, they're also responsible for controlling cloud costs because somebody's knocking on their shoulder saying, hey, this bill's gone up. You need to manage this. Here's the visibility into that. Now you need to put controls and mechanisms in place so people just can't spin things up randomly and there's some process in place. So it's kind of a mix based on the size of the company, for sure. But that's definitely a problem we see, and those are the people we talk to every day. Absolutely. Um, so, Jake, I, I don't know if you guys have amassed any kind of metrics or anything, but, you know, give me a size of a company and kind of what their cloud bills are. We, and and there, I, there's probably a difference between native cloud and companies who are just starting up kind of go through their transformation. But what, what you know, just so we have a kind of field of reckoning, what, what kind of budgets are we talking about? Yeah, well, that's an interesting one. So lots of people you actually talk to on the phone don't really know how much they totally spend per month in the oh, cloud. But, but they do know the size of the infrastructure. So they'll be able to tell you, hey, we've got 4,000 instances and I've got this much in storage and I've got this much in terms of database spend and things like that. But they really don't know their total bill. Um, but we talked to, uh, we just talked to a company today with 4,000 instances, another one the other day with 7,000, another one the other day with 12,000. So it's really all over the map. But if you have 12,000 instances, you're spending millions of dollars per month with either Amazon, Azure, and Google. In this case, it happened to be Amazon. But the more interesting thing is that what we see is like for a really good example, we're just looking at a company today uh, based in Canada that uses our platform. They have about 430 instances in Amazon and um, they park 26 of those, but they save $18,000 a month just by parking 26 of those. So right. what's interesting is how big the instance is and then how much money you can save on it. So if it's a small or micro, you're not gonna save much money, but if it's a, a database and or uh, you know a large, extra large, you know the gigantuan instances, then you save a lot of money on those. So it's really all over the map on how much you spend based on the, not always the instance count, but the size of those instances or databases you're running in the cloud. Got it. Got it. It, it. It's a crazy, I mean, when you think about it, the fact that they don't know what they're spending, Jay, and they have, you know, you're talking to someone who, when I used to have to put a new server and would grab a screwdriver to rack mount it. Right. So 400 is a lot of screws, but yeah. the, the fact that they don't even know what they're spending I mean, at some point, that's almost negligent, right? But, but yet, I I get it, I get it because it's hard to put it all together. Well, it's hard to put it all together, but then you know, it also depends on who you're talking to. If you're talking to the CFO or the CIO or CTO, they probably understand, quote unquote, how much they're spending in the cloud. Um, but as you move down the organization to you know DevOps engineers or IT operations or director level, they may or may not know the total bill but they definitely know what they're responsible for in terms of infrastructure. And then more importantly, how are they charging that infrastructure back? So we talked to some companies that do a pure chargeback model and they even do a cost uplift. So let's say that some organization spends um, $100,000 a month in the cloud. Well, they're actually gonna cost uplift that and say, okay, well, I'm gonna put 10% on this or 20% on this for managing that for you. Then we talked to some companies that have no chargeback at all that IT just pays the entire bill. 
So it really, you know, it's really very similar to traditional data center in that sense. So just depending on the way people put their cost models internally and if they charge it back to projects and stuff. Definitely very interesting conversations when you get to it with people. Absolutely. Jay, just while we're here, though, why don't you give a little background on Park My Cloud, though? I realize we didn't really do that before. So what, what exactly uh, does, you know, give us a little background. Yeah, sure. We're a two-year-old company uh, based in Northern Virginia, right near Dulles Airport, if people know where that is. Um, and basically what we do is we help people optimize their cloud costs by turning things off when they're not being used. So you could take a simple example of a customer that has maybe 100 instances in the cloud, maybe 55 of those are production and 45 of those are non-production. Well, those non-production instances generally don't need to run at nights and weekends. And then we help them identify those instances, um, automate the uh, sort of shutdown process based on schedules, and then bring them back up when they're needed. And this is all integrated with single sign-on, technologies like Slack and Jenkins, audit logs and reporting. So it's really an enterprise technology, and it even has an RBAC model that allows people to set up users, teams, so you can do a whole role-based access control around that. But when you park an instance, the average savings on an instance is usually between 65 and 70% um, per instance per month. So there go the example earlier where this company is parking 26 instances and saving $18,000 a month. You can really get a significant ROI doing that. And we have um, a lot of large enterprises using the platform, and Capital One, Unilever, McDonald's, et cetera. They've been on the platform for a very long time. And we have, you know, born in the cloud startups like Park My Cloud using it as well. We do have customers all over the world now in about 15 countries. It's pretty amazing. Really amazing story. And Jay, what about you? What's your background? Yeah, so I'm a sales guy by nature. So um, I've been in the IT industry since uh, the year 2000. Um, I used to work for a company called Micromuse. They had a product called NetCool. So if uh, people are familiar with traditional data center, service assurance, network assurance, et cetera. And then we got acquired by IBM Tivoli in 2006. And I spent a lot of time over at IBM. And funny enough, in about 2010, 2011, 2012, we were in, in Tivoli inside IBM. We sold infrastructure software like server monitoring, application monitoring, storage, and stuff like that. And we started losing stuff to board in the cloud companies. Um, companies like ServiceNow, companies like Splunk, um, companies like New Relic and AppDynamic, um, even SolarWinds and stuff like that. And what we, you know, in SaaS technology, so really got into seeing, okay, how are people going to use the cloud? And then where's that going to go over time? And obviously now, since it's a utility, really, uh, we really kind of turn Park My Cloud into something that focuses on cost control and optimization, sort of like Nest for the cloud. That's how we got to where we are today. Very cool, man. So as I mentioned, Jay, we're going to have the you and the folks on again because I want to get more into the technical aspects of all of this. But I, I, I think what we've given people today is a good overview of the business case on why. I mean, if you don't know what you're spending on cloud to begin with, call, right? Give, give, give a call over there. If you don't know how many instances you have or you know, are you shutting stuff off automatically? Or simply, if you're just wanting to automate this, right? Because this is really something that, to me, screams out to be automated. Um, really, Park My Cloud seems like a, a great, you know, a great solution that you should be looking into. Yeah, it's a single-purpose platform built solely to help people optimize inside of AWS, Azure, and Google. And um, we offer a free trial. Um, and... 
it's most of, I would say at least 75% of our customers are 100% self-service. So we've never talked to them. They pay a subscription, uh, they save money and they love using the technology. That's a nice, that's a nice business right there, my friend. All righty. Hey, Jay Chapel, CEO, co-founder of Parkway Cloud. Thanks for being this week's guest on uh, DevOps Chat. And we look forward to hearing more about Parkway Cloud in the future. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for the time, Alan. I really appreciate it. All righty. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com, DevOps Chat. We hope you enjoyed this and we'll see you soon on another chat. 